world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. What is it, 1876? Is that what it is? 1,876 that's a bunch of shows, isn't it, folks? 1,876 of them. And I, I want all of you to know, I would credit Mike Heath. I'll go back someday and do a little bit of a rerun. When I did the first show, I'll never forget, I was at 50 Woody Knoll, where we, Michelle and I lived. This is seven years ago. Eight years, I don't know how long it was. And Mike said, hey, listen, let's try, let's try doing a podcast. I said, what? Yeah, let's do a podcast. So sitting in that little, <laughs> little office I had at 50 Woody Knoll, I started Coach Dave Live podcast with me and Mike Heath, and I think Larry Richardson was even around then. I, I don't know what it was. And here we are, 1,876 shows later, changed my life, really did change my life in so many ways I can't even can't even explain. And I want to say to you, I need a haircut. Just looking at myself, I need a haircut. And I want to explain to all of you, um, this is not for amateurs. This is not as easy as you claim because the dedication to doing a show every day is really, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Now, one thing that... Uh, uh, I don't do a lot of guests. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. Because it's, <laughs> uh, I, was, I really admired Rush Limbaugh in a lot of ways. Although, as we look back over, uh, Rush was in a lot of ways a shill. By shill, meaning uh, there were places that Rush just did, didn't go. Rush Limbaugh could have led a real revolution in America. It is six million listeners every day or whatever. He could have organized them, us, them into doing something that could have impacted Congress. Could have done. Remember, I remember one time he used to have those uh, yard sales. Rush Limbaugh had those yard sales maybe 15 or 20 years ago, and they were popping up all over, all over the country. And it's the same thing with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I'm heading there. Bear, bear with me a second, though. I'm, I'm, I'm heading there to understand that uh, we, we need to come to the realization that there's a real upheaval going on in what we would control controlled media. I got a couple of clips I'm going to share with you today, not necessarily about Tucker, because remember, I've been I've been telling you a while for about Tucker. I didn't know where he was. I didn't know didn't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I still don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But there's an upheaval coming in traditional media. The censorship is absolutely beyond what you and I even understand that there's probably three fourths of America, three for that's 75 percent. Probably 75% of Americans who really have no idea or understanding of what's going on. Everybody who sits in front of Fox News every night is deceived. Would somebody say amen out there? If you're getting your news from amen. Fox News, amen. Amen. you are deceived. You're just as deceived as they are MS, PBM, MS, whatever they call that. Uh, just as deceived. Because, again, those of us who know the truth, those of us who recognize Jesus Christ as our Savior, and those of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, our antenna ought to be able to go up, and we ought to be able to sniff. We ought to be able to sniff deception. Because what are the three weapons of the enemy? Lies, deception, and fear. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Deception 
is everywhere, and it is the weapon of our enemy. That's why Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But if you are being fed deception all the time, then it's impossible to be free because you don't have the ability to understand truth from lie. Is that, you guys picking me up? Chad, I'm not looking for affirmation. It's just the way, it's the way I roll. You understand what I'm saying? And so we are here every morning trying to do we best we can to bring a truthful bend on what we see going on. Now, as I've said to you many, many, multiple times in 1,876 shows, I, I listen, I don't know everything. I don't know everything about the Bible. I don't know everything that's true. And that old, old adage, I'm going to make you really feel bad now. That old adage, it says, uh, uh, the Bible says, and I believe it, that settles it. I don't, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there anymore. Because here's why I'm not there anymore. Because the Bible's been monkeyed with. The interpretations of the Bible have been monkeyed with. Uh, the uh, uh, the way people handle the Bible, taking, as somebody said, uh, pulling something out of context changes the entire Bible and changes the entire point. And there's a lot of that going on. That's why we're still sitting around here and 75% of churches. Uh, I said, I was on with David Heavener last night. Uh, I really appreciate that guy. He's in, he's in California. And uh, what percentage of people do you suppose? I just Let me just run down a real quick list here. What percentage of people do you think in the church know, have any understanding at all of child trafficking? Have any understanding of satanic ritual abuse? Have any understanding of the control of the media by the Luciferians? Have any understanding of the control of our government by the Luciferians? Have any idea of the understanding of the Constitution and what the Bill of Rights really says? What the freedom of, you're with me, right, folks? You're picking it up. And we go to church every Sunday. And what do we hear? For the most part, we hear meaningless sermons that don't do anything to inform the people in order for them. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of his devices. And many of you, because I get the emails and I get the phone calls, many of you are frustrated because you keep going to your pastor and say, Pastor, what about this? And he laughs you off. Now, why does he laugh? You? Why does your pastor laugh you off? Is your pastor bought and sold? Nah, no, probably not. Is your pastor, does he have a good heart and really want to do the right thing? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he probably does. But it's like, it's like drinking poison water. Yeah, if, you, if your water is poison, you don't, you don't know it till you're sick. You just keep drinking it every day. You don't, you don't know it's sick. There's a lot of pastors that are drinking poison water. Because I, I, why do I know this? I think about Glenn. Uh, uh, I think of Glenn out there. Glenn Claremont, what does he do? He's constantly serving clean water to his pastor. Sends them videos, sends them uh, articles, and they don't want it. They don't want to drink the clean water because if they drink that clean water, boy, oh boy, it upsets their stomach. Anybody say amen out there? You know what I'm talking about? So what, what, we, what we are up against today is the bastion of truth and the bastion of liberty should be our churches, and they are not. They are bastions of truth regarding certain things, but there are certain areas where they will not go. Cool. We all on the same page on that. And so I don't want you to think when I come in here every day, look, friends, I don't, I wish the church was perfect. I wish that if the church was doing, if the body of Christ was doing what it says in Matthew, we're supposed to do go into all the world and teach them to observe all things I have commanded you. So we have to go back and look at what was all things that the, the Lord commanded us and ask ourselves, is the church just doing that basic, basic layout? And if I were to ask right now, maybe I'm going to do this here real quickly. 
What are some basic things that that if if we were to go and do what Jesus said, go to all the world and teach them to observe all things I have commanded you? What would that look like? What are those things if those of us who carry the name of Christ simply went and taught people what he commanded us? Where would we be? And are we doing that the church? No, in the church, we're teaching those who come to our church our doctrine and our theology. And uh, Bible says that the time will come when we'll heap up teachers having itching ears, right? And the truth is, most of the people sitting in your church do not know the truth. And if you're in this queue, you're probably in this queue because it's, it was a refuge. You didn't have any else, any place else to run to. Your eyes were open. You were alert. You saw what was going on. You would go to your Amen. pastor. You would go to your elders. You would go whatever, and they would laugh you off. They'd brush you off. They didn't even care if you left the church. They didn't want to go there because if you went there, then they were going to upset Uncle Tommy and Uncle Sarah, Aunt Sarah who's sitting on the pew whose son's a homosexual, and they want to be encouraged and get through this hard, hard life by nice messages coming out of the pulpit. And as I heard somebody say, I go to church to, when I go to church, I want to feel better. Well, I go to church to feel worse. That's that's when I go to church, I want to go to church to feel worse. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, I want to see how much I'm missing the mark. I don't want to go, I don't want to go to church and have the tap pastor tell me what a brave young man I am. Dudes, we're in a war. I need to be brave. We all need to be brave. And the sad reality of it is when you go to church on Sunday morning, you are sitting by people who are supposed to be on your team and they don't even have a uniform. They don't even have a uniform. And so you're there, and, and you're yelling, uh, put on your armor. Would you guys put on your armor? Would you put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth? They don't even have a locker. They don't even have a locker, and you're a football player. When the when you go to football practice, basketball player, baseball, I don't care. The first thing you do is you go to your locker because what's hanging in your locker? Well, your, your armor's in your locker. Your helmet, your shoulder pads, your knee pads, your thigh pads, your girdle pads. You have to go there to get your armor on, to put your armor on, because the game isn't played in the locker room. The game's played outside the locker room. So you go to.
20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years and not know what your gift is. It's a great failing of the church. Again, I come out from a sports standpoint. You think that as a football coach, I don't walk in the locker room and make an assessment of our players. You don't think I, one of the main things that I, see, every time I, every time I think I told this story before, I, I changed jobs three different times, four different times, whatever. Every time I went in, I'd made, made a, every time I took a new job, I went in and made an assessment of our players. I went in and I did a physical assessment. When I went from Heath High School in 1988 to London High School in 1989, when I changed schools, I walked in my first team meeting at London High School. Remember, I had just come from Heath. And I walked into London High School, who, who wasn't, who'd never been good, hadn't been good in a decade. And I walked in there and I got all the guys in the room. And I'll never forget, I walked in that room and my heart leapt because I looked around at the physical bodies that I had at London High School compared to the bodies that I had at Heath High School. And I thought, oh, my Lord, I've, 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 fallen, <laughs> I've fallen into a gold mine here. I've fallen into a gold mine. Look at these bodies. They just need directed the right way. They just need the right mental attitude. If I can get these bodies going in the right way and boom. The most successful football decade in the history of London High School occurred when I was at London High School. Why? Because I saw the players. I put them in the proper positions, and I used their skills. Can somebody out there say amen, understand what I'm talking about? Amen. And so you look at the church where you're going. Or do they, do, does, the, does the guy standing in the pulpit assess your skill set when you, when you come in there? Or better yet, does he even know your skill set? Does he even know it? Nope. He doesn't, he doesn't no know. way. Not only doesn't he know it, he doesn't want to know it. He doesn't want to know it. Because why? You lose control. See, that's the great thing about coaching folks. So stay with me on this rant because this is good in life, okay? Business owners, yada, yada. This all matters, man. It all matters. It doesn't matter how good a coach I am. If I don't relay it to the quarterback, it ain't worth a, it ain't worth a hoot now. They didn't know how much I know, how how well I know the offense, where to throw the ball, where to run the ball, what play to go, no matter how much I do that. If I don't have the guy on the field who will execute that game plan, if I don't have a good quarterback and a good center and a good wide receiver and a good tailback and a good offense, if I don't have those elements, it doesn't matter how good a game plan I got. And the Lord has the greatest game plan we could ever imagine to overcome the forces of darkness. And not a damn one of you know what your gift is. You don't even know the position you play. Why? Because isn't about you. Church isn't about you. It's about the guy in the pulpit and his vision of where he wants to take you. And I can tell you this, for the most part, he wants to take you someplace comfortable. Somebody say amen. Uh, uh, come on, somebody say amen. I'm nailing it today. Holy amen. Spirit, nailing, nailing it. Nailing it today, right? And so that's why so many of you in here are church orphans. You're church orphans. And why did you come here? Because something that when you came here, something I said Something the Holy Spirit said through me resonated with you. And your heart started beating fast. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and for the first time in your life, you started to feel a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of empowerment, and a little bit, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, I need more of it, though, Lord. I need more of it. I need more. That's why the Bible says encourage one another, right? So I get up every morning with the sole purpose in my heart is to encourage you to be the best that you can be and to tell you, Number one, open your eyes and look around. Be truthful to yourself 
about the mess around you and take your own responsibility for that mess. If you're going to a church with a a CEO pastor, it's your job to hold him accountable or get the hell out of there. It's your job. You say, well, coach, I've done that. I've done that. I I bug my pastor every day. He just doesn't listen, just doesn't listen. Well, then maybe you got maybe you got to become a pastor. Maybe you have to start a fellowship in your own house because we do not have time to wait for that dead, blind shepherd to open his eyes. Amen. Huh? And we're, we're wasting time, friends. We're wasting time. Now, I salute uh, Glenn Claremont and and many of you out there who constantly are banging on your pastor or they. Pa- I salute you, but at some time, dude, they ain't coming. I'm telling you, they aren't coming. Okay, they're not coming. But we're in the midst of, there's a, there's a revolution going on around us. We just don't understand it yet, okay? We just don't understand it. And this revolution is going to be won by the, the, the real remnant Christians. Amen. So don't, don't, don't think for a minute that we're going under. We're not going under. We're not, what would it look like to the world if God's people are subdued by the devil? God ain't going to let that happen. Now, he's going to let that happen if you are, you don't get your equipment out of the locker. He'll let it happen. And it won't be his fault. It won't won't be his fault. You won't be able to blame him. He said, I gave you all the equipment. I gave you all the skills. I gave you everything I had. And you guys wouldn't even, you wouldn't even put your equipment on. Wouldn't want to. You sat on a bus and waited for, sat in the locker and waited for the bus to pick you up to take you to heaven. That's what, that's what most of you did. I'm not talking about you guys, the people that we are surrounded by. And then I want to tell you this. The man sitting in the stands will always criticize the man playing. You understand that concept? The guy sitting in the stands watching the game will always criticize the guy playing. Always. always. Amen. Uh, what, huh? They call it the peanut gallery for a reason, right? Everybody sitting in the stands is a great coach, except they don't know how to coach, right? Oh, they know what they would do if they were coach, but they ain't coach, right? Right? So we sit around and wait for a, a non-existent coach to put us in the game, and he ain't going to do it. Because he started a church, and it's about him. Uh, I got to get off this, right? although I don't want to. I don't want to. That's why I come here every day. Why? And that's why it makes me nervous when people call me Pastor Dave. I ain't no pastor. I don't want to be no pastor. Okay, the last thing I want people to think of when they think of me is a pastor. Sorry, sorry. It's the last thing I want them to think of. I know some good ones. I know some good pastors. I know some shysters. I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. I see them on TV. Say, Coach, where are you going? I'm, well, here's where I'm going because I'm going to make, try to make a connection. Wow, 20 minutes. I'm going to try to make a connection. That's what's going on with Tucker Carlson, folks. That's what's going on with Tucker Carlson. Uh, see, we, we have believed for a long time that we were on the Fox News team. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, you're just tithers. <laughs> you were just tithers on the Fox News team. That's all. You just watched it every night. And the guys controlling it, the the the, the Rudolph, Rudolph, what the hell is their name? The uh, You know what I'm talking about. The George Soros guys, Rupert Murdoch family. Yeah. God hating Rupert Murdoch family. They they bought the Fox News and they put Paul Ryan in positions of the so they, they neutered Sean Hannity. Somebody say yeah. Somebody say amen that they know that they neutered Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity has become the company man, hasn't he? Huh? 
Ah, ah, he is the company, Amen. right? Amen. And I was just seeing on, I just saw reading something this morning. It's Sean Hannity. It's job is secure at Fox. It's secure. And I watched interviews last night with Bill O'Reilly, Megan Kelly, Sean Hannity. No, no. Uh, Tucker Carlson and Glenn Beck. All four. That used to be the Fox line. I've been folks. Anybody remember that? Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, who did I, Sean Hayden, no, no, who did I, I, anyway, right, Megan Kelly, right, and what happened at Fox News, they got rid of all of their stars, all of them have gone someplace else, right, Glenn Beck started his own media empire as a result of it, right, because don't you ever forget the fact that the media is going to serve you what their owner wants you to eat, and the owner of the media is Satan, is Lucifer. And when you get too close to truth, they will pull the plug on you. I was saw something last night about Tucker Carlson. They said there's never been anything like it in history, except maybe the firing of Glenn Beck. Maybe. Where their number one conservative spokesman, say what you want to about, about uh, um, Tucker. Yeah. Whether you like him or don't like him. He was number one top of his game. You'd never ever in the history of the media seen that guy, a guy like that get whacked. What's that about? What is that about? Because, folks, listen, it isn't about money. It isn't about any of that stuff. It isn't about any of it. Nope. It's about control, mind control, controlling your mind, making sure that you don't get the truth. I, I didn't mean to go this long, but I got I to gotta get this out of me. I got to get this out of me, okay? Look, I got, I, I got some great stuff here. Hang on, because I, I want to get... Mel in here, I, I, the hands are up. I want to show you something here that absolutely blew my mind. Are you guys, let me just dump this on you real quick. Pull up uh, uh, number two, Satan Con. I, I want to show you something here. I got I to gotta show you this because we're talking about uh, infiltration. That's what John F. Kennedy, oh man, by the way, if you haven't listened to Bobby Kennedy's speech, it's an hour and 20 minutes where he announced that he was running for president. You got to listen to that. You got to and then, and then what happened? Then Tucker had him on, and he said it more, and he talked about pharmaceuticals. and talked about, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he did. And so Tucker's in trouble because he talked about how rigged pharmaceuticals are, and those, of course, uh, we get it, right? We get it. Okay, I didn't want Wellspring up there. I got the wrong thing. Keep that. I want, where is it? Where is it? This. Bear with me a second. I got to get this up here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The schedule? Where is it? Oh, maybe I, that's a standalone email. I'm sorry. The schedule? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, I itinerary. It. it says itinerary for Satan. Okay, now look, I got to look. This is unbelievable. Satanism is mainstream, folks. So I got this. Craig sent this to me. This is the schedule for Satan. Satan. Wow. Can you believe that they're openly celebrating Satan? Anyway, I was scrolling down at the, at the presenters. And something unbelievable happened. Scroll down. I was reading through the Lucian Graves. He's going. He's the head of the Sedic Temple. He's speaking, uh, reclaiming the trans body. Debbie Willett, right? I don't know. Sins of the flesh, Satanism, and self panic. Doctor Eric Sprankle. I'm just going down and reading all this stuff. Reimagining Lilith. Remember, I spoke about Lilith the other day. Wow, the Lord is so good. Uh, 4:30. He's got Satanism in the bio experience. I keep going on down. I'm just kind of reading along. 500 years of pandemonium. Pandemonium. Find out what pandemonium means. Oh my goodness, this is. Simple. And then all of a sudden at 1:45, boom! I said, wait a minute. Jack Lake, a lifelong resident of Ohio, 
What? A former Christian minister and a degree in Bible? Jack now works as a mental health professional. Oh, yeah? Serving families and children. Sometimes he performs stand-up comedy. Sometimes he's a writer. He lives with his wife in Springfield, Ohio. Working what for who? A mental health prevention professional. I bet he is. I bet he is. So I went down the rabbit hole. Uh, Yeah, oh, yeah, I went down the rabbit hole in old Jack. Where is it? Where did I find it? Oh, did I not put that link? I know I'm looking at my links, man. I know I did. I put, where's Jack's link? Wait a minute. Now bring up that. Yeah, now bring bring up that Wellspring. Oh, about Wellspring. Individuals, oh, they're everywhere. Individuals and families seek professional counseling and support for many reasons. Behavior, anger, parenting, struggles, anxiety, depression, problems and social on the job. Uh, Who do we serve? About 60% of our clients are adults, 40% of children. Scroll on down, please. Scroll on down. We serve individuals with problems. What's our mission? Empower individuals and families to make fundamental life changes. The history of Wellspring when it started. Meet the team. And who's right there? Our good old buddy, Jack Legg. You guys aren't picking up. Partners. Who are the partners? Who are the partners? Screw down. No, no. Who are the partners? Oh, well, it's county, Clark County combined health. Uh, juvenile. <laughs> Where's the funding come? Well, it comes from, uh, oh, goes directly to service. The funding because, oh, grants. They get grants from the Springfield Schools, and Springfield Foundation, and Turner Foundation, and the United Way, and from Turner Foundation. And you want to make a donation because why? There's a Luciferian on the board. <laughs> huh? You see what's going on? You see how they've infiltrated, infiltrated. Look, look at the, does anybody else find this remarkable to me? Huh? An open, this guy is speaking at SatanCon. Now, folks, ask yourself, how many speakers could they have lined up at SatanCon? This is a worldwide event. And one of them is Jack Legg from Springfield, Ohio, on the mental health. Looks like his wife. Looks like his wife's on the board too. Oh, I didn't, don't don't tell me that, Jack. Uh, don't tell me that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll say, Coach, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm, I am. I am crazy, right? Be not ignorant of his devices, friends. These that the Luciferians have infiltrated every area of America, and they're not wearing horns. They're not wearing pitchforks. They're not. They're not dressed in red. They've infiltrated every area. You know why? Because they want to serve their God, and their God is in the destruction of the seed of the woman. Mm. Mm. Former, former pastor. Former pastor. Man, I've gone on and on. I didn't mean to go. I got a lot of good more, a lot of more good stuff. I want to do this before I bring Jeff in here, Myra. I want to bring Mel in here. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, we got some stuff going on at SatanCon. Uh, we have people on the ground. And if you're interested in being involved at, at, at SatanCon in Massachusetts, just email me and I'll connect you with some people who are doing some things there. Uh, a good football coach never shows his game plan. We don't want to show our game plan. But we have people who are involved there. 
and uh, we would like to help you get involved. But Mel, I got a, I got a, uh, an email or message this morning. Somebody wanted to know what virtual staking is. First of all, what is staking? Staking is the idea that we go drive stakes in the ground and we claim that area. Every place you put your foot, we put scriptures on it. We got this from uh, uh, my brain. My brain. Steve Hemphill. Thank you, Steve Hemphill. A staking property, staking, taking back property. So that's what staking is to actually go someplace and put stakes in the ground at the four corners. We do that, but there's a different thing called virtual staking, and we've had a couple questions about that. So Mel, if you could explain that to us real quick. Don't hey, don't go away. I got some more good stuff. Go ahead, Mel. Hey Spencer, pull up the um, the libertyactionnetwork.com and go to the action, please. So um, there's a little bit of information there about virtual staking, but the background on you know just staking and in the all throughout the Bible, it, you know whenever you were you know the people in the Bible would cross into a new land, they would create a memorial or they would put stones down to mark a place, and so. Um, virtual staking or regular staking is is like Coach said. You you put stakes into the four corners. You know, identifying a geographical area, and sometimes you know if it's it's real staking, maybe it's around the four corners of your property where you live, or the, around the building where you live, and you know you're really just dedicating that to the Lord. So virtual staking is um, something that we can do because you know we're we're all over the country. We're not in Boston. So what you can do is you can make a you know print out a, a picture of the map of where this is taking place. I've included the Google Maps link there on the action. As Spencer's rolling, you can see it right there. You can just click on that and print that. And then, you know, if you happen to have some of Steve Hemphill's things, you know, I've got some of his stakes and there are these virtual staking cards too, but you don't have to have this. You know, you can use stones. Um, you can use toothpicks. You can use you know, just markers. Do you know what I mean? Mark the four corners of the paper that you print out. And then you just pray. You're dedicating this this location you know and in this case we're going against the enemy you know coach was talking about you know tearing down strongholds this is bringing god's attention to this geographical place and you know we're, we're praying against lucifer we're praying against this satan con event so you know that's where the so there's a, a, a non-physical entity right that's what it means to battle in the spirit we're fighting against a non-physical entity folks right so the action to be able to do it in a non-physical way, like on a virtual map, is just as effective. Tearing down strongholds, tearing down kingdoms is just as effective. Sorry, Mel, go ahead. No, it's good. So, you know, you, you, it, that's what it is. You're doing something in the physical, and then you're, you're inviting God, you know, God's attention to that. You're, you're praying into the spiritual then. So it's a great action. I hope that you all will do it. Um, I might add a little bit more information on the website just because it's not the first time this question has come up. And um, it is something that, again, that's not taught in churches. So, um, but yeah, this week we really should be doing virtual staking. We should be praying for those teams that are either in Boston or going to Boston to be on the ground there at that event. And then I hope that you'll all join us on Saturday night. Um, while we're actually going to be doing a prayer event again. There's also some resources on the action, you know, from the um, Intercessors for America. There's a prayer guide there. So those are the things that we should be doing this week, and I hope that you'll join us. Amen. Let me, uh, uh, Spencer, I just sent you a, a Webster link. Pull that Webster link up for me, if you would, real quickly, brother. Because, I, I look, folks, you have to hear the Holy Spirit. I, I, maybe it's a gift. Maybe, I, I don't want to sound arrogant. I seem to have this gift. 
that all of a sudden words pop out at me. I heard Mel say something and the word popped out at me. I thought, why? Why would they say that? Why would they? And one of the words that popped out to me was virtual. We hear a lot about that, virtual, virtual. Does anybody know what virtual means? Even back in Webster's day, virtual means potential. Having the power of acting or of invisible efficacy without the material or sensible part. Oh, really? Oh, it's a spiritual act. Virtual is a spiritual act. Every kind that lives fomented by his virtual power. Number two says, being in essence or effect, not in fact. Being in essence or effect, not in fact, as the virtual presence of a man in his agents or substitute. For instance, my mom's virtually always with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you could right now in your memory tap into your mom. That's virtual, right? That's virtual. You could tap into a high school experience that you were. That's that's virtual. Folks, virtual is real. It's real, right? So when we do virtual staking, it's staking in the heavenly realm. That's the best way that I can explain it. With me on that? So therefore, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing we'll be doing more of that. Mel, thanks for, for bringing that up. And uh, oh, I got so I got so much. Jeff's been waiting a long time. I'll let him jump in. Go ahead, Jeff. Coaches, you share this this morning. Pastor Matt brought a message Sunday morning, and it was titled "Us versus Them," and he basically broke it down. And he said, "Here we are." And he used some stories about second guessing who, well, look at that guy. He doesn't look like he belongs in this church with us. And he, he had a couple examples and it was spot on. And then he says, you know what? He said, I've learned some things from JC. And I thought, oh no, don't you be telling these people this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he said, I go into that garage because he comes in there every the other Tuesday. He said, I go into that garage. He said, JC will have somebody in there. Might have tattoos, piercings. He said, these people don't look like they belong in a church. He said, but we sit around our churches thinking, wow, they don't look like they belong in here. And he kept hammering them on us versus them. He mm-hmm. said, here we are sitting in a building, us in here, them are out there. He just hammered it. But he's really waking up to just get out of the building. And he Amen. that's it's just weird in the Church of God building over there. These people are like, oh, my you know, but yeah. he's along and he just fired up. He's sick of all the corruption in the schools and the evil. And we sit back and do absolutely nothing. Well, the, so. Yes, but he's 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 rare. Not many people are sick of the corruption that's going on. Yep. They think it's a good sign. They think it's a good sign. Jesus is about to return. How freaking stupid we can we be? Huh? And, you know, we're nothing special in there. Last week, we had a transmission on a skid sitting in the middle of the floor so Ricky Miller starts telling everybody when they come in, Ricky says, hey, we got a tranny here tonight. You ought to see the looks on people's faces. They're like, what? He said, we have a tranny here. You're just messing with everybody. There's not so, something you see in church. You know what I mean? But so I got Jeff, I'm, 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 sitting here in my, I'm sitting here in my multi-million dollar studio about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You guys all remember that. I said, there's water in here. There's yeah. water. Remember me saying that, folks? There's yep. water in here. Now, I could have done what the Christians said. Well, it's just a sign that my house is in very good shape. Well, well, that's what the Lord said. It would just all get worse. Who would live their life like that? Who lives their life like that? Is there anything that you see in your house that's getting worse that you don't try to repair? No, only the world. 
we're not going to try to repair the world because we're not going to be here very long. You wouldn't do that in your own daggone house. Yep. Well, coach, you know what? I get people come on a lot every day. A couple of examples, just the last couple of days, Saturday and yesterday, one guy comes Saturday and buys a John Deere mower from me. He services machinery and stuff and he is all dirty. He, before, right before he left the lot, he hung around for an hour talking to me right before he left the lot. He said, Hey, I might just come over here Tuesday night. You do that little church in the garage thing here. I say, I come on over. And then yesterday, a guy walks in with a girl, daughter. They look broke. They, you know, they walk in. You don't know if they're going to finance or have cash or what they're doing. You ain't got a clue. And the guy ends up and people judge him. They're like, oh, look at these idiots. Oh, I've heard people make comments. And Pastor Matt said the same thing about people in the church. He's heard him make the comments. This guy yesterday ends up slamming down two envelopes to there. There's cash. Boom. And he bought the car for it. You don't know. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right, man. Maybe drug money, but she's, it doesn't matter. Amen. George, yeah, George, come on in. Thank you, Coach. Yep. Yeah, I wonder, I heard you say that at SatanCon, they've got a mental health expert over there. Yeah, from Ohio. I want to talk about, yeah, yeah, from Ohio, Springfield, Ohio. Anyway, I want to talk about that for a moment. 12 years old. I guess I went against the grain a little bit. Didn't like my behavior. I'm going to take you to a doctor. You have ADHD pills. Uh, 17 uh, years old. Yeah. Don't like your behavior. We're going to take you to a doctor. Drug you up. Yep. You, got, you got bipolar. They gave me every drug and their brother. I had side effects on everything. Yep. Big time my entire life until July of this last year where Abbott sold out for money. Big, to big Pharma sold out for money. So I stopped taking those pills. What happened? My, my brain came back. I'm sharp. I got energy like I've never yeah. had. I can think again. And I'm telling you what, 40 years of it, big pharma. I'm yeah, going to call that out too. Along with the shots and everything else, I'm calling it out, coach. Well, George, Amen. welcome back. Welcome Amen. back, George. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Did you want to say something? Or you just amen? No, just a just amen. I'm gonna put uh, a request for George for his phone number in chat. I want to be a uh, a help to him on finding links and any technology. So I'm gonna put my number in chat. George, text me, and we'll uh, we'll talk. Thank you. Is it, that's Mark that's speaking. Is that Mark? Mark, that's Mark Trump. Yeah, that's Mark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I sure cool. will. Thank cool. you, okay. Jim. Myra, then hang on. My, go ahead, Myra. Then, then uh, Spencer, get ready. Uh, number one for me. Go ahead. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth in regard to Coach Dave, uh, Mel's, and Craig's initiative. The prayer for this Saturday, Psalm thirty-five, six through eight. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them for without cast they hid for me their net in a pit which without cast they have dig for my soul let mm-hmm. destruction come upon him at unawares and let his net that he have hid catch himself into that very destruction let him fall hallelujah Amen. Amen. That's a, we, don't, we don't want to do that. We want to love everybody in the king. Okay, so look, look. I'm going to show you what's going on here. We know our old friend Yuval Harari, right? Hey, folks, devil's out. The devil's out in the open. He is absolutely out in the open. This is the guy who's head of the transhumanism agenda. Dare I say it, virtual, right? 
virtual in that world that we can't see and we can't touch, right? Listen to what our good friend uh, Yabal Harari has to say to us. Go ahead and play that, Spence. Right. Since so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. All this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. The easiest people to manipulate people are the people like who believe in free will. <laughs> because you manipulate them and they don't even suspect because, hey, I chose it because this, this is my free will. Earth will be populated or even dominated by entities that are not organic, that they don't breathe, they don't have emotions. Like, the, the potential of AI is much, much bigger than any historical revolution. It's really a biological revolution. And the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be, what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. We've seen so far... It's- <laughs> there it is, right? Right out there in front of us. They to keep them happy with drugs and computer games that, that's a guy hey that's that's the devil's left hand or right hand man that, that, that guy right there and he's in, he's uh, he's massively in control of what's going on in, in the world and the average churchgoer ain't got no clue what's coming down around us randall come on in uh coach i noticed the uh when you showed that satan agenda i can't even believe we're saying this the agenda for the Satan's ball, that one of the things required was the vaccination and the N95 <laughs> mask. So uh, the good news with that is they won't be with us very long. Amen. Uh, but it, 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 it's out in the open now that Satan and vaccination and mask are tied together. It's right there. Right, right there for us to see, right? Huh? You know, I, got, I got so much good stuff. It's all fear-based, folks. <clears throat> I'm seeing how good a class you are because I've, I've, I'm the guy who's kind of coined this lies deception and fear oh my lies deception and fear oh my lies deception lions and tigers and bears oh my lies deception and fear oh my it's the it is the arsenal of the enemy and we ain't got no clue in fact as soon as you begin to question anything that the mainstream lays out for you what do you immediately become Come on, come on. What do you immediately become if you if you question the mainstream story? What do you become? Conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. And not only do you become a conspiracy theorist in the eyes of Yuval Harari, you become a conspiracy theorist in the eyes of your pastor. Somebody can say amen. You don't have to, but uh, you, amen. You, see, amen. you see how deep it is? See how and, your, and your family, coach. And, and your family. That's right. Right? Because why? It's virtual. <laughs> it's virtual. Oh, my goodness. Huh? See, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, right? But against principle. Virtuality. We're wrestling against those things that we cannot see. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that you cannot see. Do you know that you can have negative faith? Do you know that fear can create negative substance? You know that you can take fear and believe fear 
and it's more powerful or just as powerful as faith? Do you understand that you have faith in fear? Do you have any idea that every time you repeat out of your mouth what might happen to you? Oh, no, I know our car is going to break. Oh, I know we're not going to meet our bills. Oh, I know our son's going to be under. You are you are you're speaking fear, faith, negative faith. Do you understand that? Amen. That's why Jesus said, take captive every thought. Don't speak that. You cannot always control what you think but you sure can control what you say. And that's why the Lord said us, take captive that thought so you don't say it. Quit giving birth to negative aspects of the world. Stop it. I will live and not die, it says in Psalms. I will live and not die. Because the world's trying to tell you, you're going to die. Say, no, that ain't going to happen to me. No, no, I ain't getting that vaccine. And when the average Christian's running around with a mask on, why? In fear that they might get it. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm a man of faith. Oh, I'm a man of faith. Thank you, Jesus. What? And and can I tell you something? The church doesn't even have enough faith to keep the church open. Church is motivated by fear. Fear they might get sick. Fear somebody might say something to them. Somebody might not like them. Somebody, what, some cop might come and arrest them. They might lose their job. Fear, 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 fear. The antithesis of, of, oh my goodness. It's not the antithesis of faith because fear is faith in the bad. That didn't come out very well. Fear is nothing more than faith in bad things happening. Angie. Morning. So I I really, I think it's important that we connect dots, especially when I hear things like Jack Lake was a former pastor and he's now with Wellspring Counseling Services. Wellspring Counseling Services initially, I believe, and somebody can check me on this, was actually uh, actually founded as a Christian counseling service, okay? And and we actually had one of those in a local church here in Lancaster. Um, But we... um, I think it's important to note that the the evolution of modern psychiatry and psychology was always founded on secularism. It was always trying to explain human behavior absent of a spiritual realm. Amen. Amen. When you are sitting here looking and listening to these pastors who have, by the way, gone through theological counseling classes, because that's one of the roles of your pastor is to counsel you, right, according yep. to whatever they believe is biblical biblical principles, et cetera. They don't always stay in that realm, though. They will always kind of pull it back to something organic or something chemical or whatever. But they, you know, it's always incredibly important to note that that is how Satan has gotten a foothold in yep. our churches. Your pastors on Sunday morning are nothing more than pop psychiatry, psychology um, counselors when they get up there and they try to make you feel good about where you are and yes. what you're doing and give you direction on what you're supposed to be doing. That is nothing more than pop psychology, psychiatry, infiltrating your churches. Get up and listen to your messages. Go listen to them online. They're all about how you're, how you're supposed to behave and how you're supposed to be doing things. It's never about how you are supposed to be loving God and what that looks like, right? It's just, it uh, is not. They just, they don't do that anymore. So Angie, when I hear, Angie, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. When I hear things like past, 
Pastor Jack Lake is now going to Satan, Tom, that makes complete sense to me because he is consumed by the deception of modern pop psychology, psychiatry. Amen, amen. Angie, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And folks, listen, Christian, again, take Christianity out of the realm of the church in your mind, if you can for a minute. You can for a minute. Can you think of any other business, any other occupation, any pick? I don't even know the whole spectrum. Can you think of any other thing that you can be involved with that you don't have to do anything? Can you think of anything that is not some requirement of you? And when you go to church, do you hear the pastor making a demand on your faith? You need to do this, and you need to do this. Or is it all about what the church and Jesus can do for you? I know the answer, and so do you, right? And so, again, as a football player, I put a guy in a uniform, put 200 and maybe probably $400 now on equipment, put him on the field, and I don't put him on the field not to play. And the Lord's given you the full armor of God, and he's equipped you for the work of the body of Christ, and you no, they never ever tell you to get in the game. They tell you to put, they tell you to get a uniform and then come sit in here and then we're going to bless you. We're going to bless you. We're going to bless you. God's going to bless you. By the way, that's what government's doing. Government's taking the church, taking the place of God. And government's sending you blessings, social security, welfare, health care, yada, yada, right? Right? Come on, man. We're serving other gods and don't understand that we are. Randy, come on in. <clears throat> Coach, uh, God gave Isaiah in, in Isaiah 8, 11 through 14, I think. He, he gave him a, a, um, a platform to speak to the people of that day. And, and, and it's the same platform. It's the same template that we're speaking. If I could read this, Coach, we, we, can see, we should see ourselves in this same type of situation where the the Luciferians are running things right now, but the, the church, the real church is stepping out. And, and, and what do we need to say? Here's what we need to say to them, coach. You, you know, we're talking about action. This is what Liberty Mail does. She, she shows us what we need to be doing. You show us, but here's, here's what Isaiah did. And this is a good template. And he says, with his great power, the Lord warned me not to follow the road, which the people were following. He said, do not join in the schemes in the in their conspiracies, coach. So, yeah, we are conspiracy theorists. Yes, we're speaking the truth. He said, don't follow them in the schemes of the people and don't be afraid of the things that they fear. See, it goes back to fear, coach. You're, yes, you're hitting. You're yep. Remember that I, the Lord Almighty, am holy. I am the one you must fear. We don't fear them, God. We fear God, Coach. Because of my awesome holiness, I am like a stone that people stumble over. And here's what's going to happen, Coach. I am like a trap. This is what God's saying. I am like a trap that will catch the people of the kingdoms of Judah and Israel and the people of Jerusalem. He was snaring them, Coach. Many will stumble. They will fall and be crushed. They will be caught in a trap. We are in the middle of this same thing happening, Coach, right now. God yeah. is snaring. We need to speak his word and watch it go down. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, folks, look, look. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Folks, here's, look, I just, something crazy came to me. I just got to share this with you. Because it's all an attitude, right? Sometimes I go for a walk, which I haven't done in a while. I got to keep doing that. Go, go for a walk. You know what I do? 
when I'm walking, I pick up every piece of trash along the highway. But look, look, you don't understand why. I don't pick it up, put it in a bag and throw it away, which is what I should do. I pick up every piece of trash. You know why? I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, I think there might be a dollar in that. Somebody might have left a dollar in that cup they threw out. Every, I'm telling you, why? Because I walk in expectation of great things to happen. See, I never walk, I never see that can laying there and pick it up thinking, don't pick it up because there might be a snake in there. No, no, I don't even think that way. I pick it up because there might be a dollar in there. There might be something valuable in there. It's all a mindset, folks. It's all a mindset. And fear is the number one weapon of the enemy. The number one weapon. Everything feeds into fear. Oh, I got so I got so much stuff. Go ahead, Mel. Yeah, Spencer, if you put the Liberty Action Network action back up while you were talking, I went ahead and put some steps up there for virtual staking. So I just want to give a visual on that. So underneath um, virtual staking, I, I kind of gave a one, two, three, four on that. So just wanted to draw your attention to that. If you could scroll down a little bit, make sure. Oh, can you might need to refresh. But um, but anyway, I just want to let you know that that's there. I got to run. All right. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Jeff. Coach, you know, tied into what Angie just said there a little bit ago about the psychiatrists and the counselors. I looked at Matt Sunday morning and walked out the door. I said, brother, that us and them equals pietism. And he said, amen, brother. And then she talked about the psychiatrists and all the counselors. And all four of our schools in this county that we've been doing school board meetings for two years Every one of them, go to them and listen. There is psychiatrists and counselors in there speaking, taking three minutes and promoting how great it's going to be. They're yeah. going to reach these. They're flooding in the schools because the church has sit back and done nothing. It's all about the pietism. Yeah, psychiatry is nothing more than the explanation of the demonic. That's all psychiatry is, folks. That's all it is. That's all it is. I got to show this real quickly. Two minutes. Number four. Bring up number four. Uh, here's why they're getting rid of. Here's why they're getting rid of Tucker. Okay. I'm looping back around. Here's why they're getting rid of Tucker. I think maybe we played this. Go ahead. Two minutes. My dad was in the media. Like that is a big part of the revelation that's changed my life is the media are part of the control apparatus. Like there's no. Yeah, I know. I know. Because you're younger and smarter and you're like, yeah. Yeah. But what if you're me and you spent your whole life in that world and to look around and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Not only are they part of the problem, but I spent most of my life being part of the problem defending the Iraq war. Like, I actually did that. Can you imagine if you did that? Well, what do you think? What is one of your biggest regrets in your career? Oh, defending the Iraq war. That is it? Well, I've had a million regrets not being more skeptical, calling people names when I should have listened to what they were saying. Look, when, you, when someone makes a claim, there's only one question that's important at the very beginning, which is, is the claim true or not? Hmm. So I say, you know, you committed murder or you rigged the last election before you attack me as a crazy person for saying that, maybe you should explain whether you did it or not. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And for too long, I participated in the culture where I was like, anyone who thinks outside these pre-prescribed lanes is crazy. Is a conspiracy theorist. And I just really regret that. I'm ashamed that I did that. And, and partly it was age, partly it was the world that I grew up in. So when you, when you look at me and you're like, yeah, of course they're part of the means of control. I'm like, that's obvious to you because you're 28, but I just didn't see it at all. 
at all. And I'm ashamed of that. Isn't that what the media tries to do, though? It, it's their only purpose. Right. They're not here to inform you. Really? Even on the big things that really matter, like the economy and war and COVID and like things that really matter that will affect you. No, their job is not to inform you. They are working for the small group of people who actually run the world. They're their servants. They're their Praetorian guard. And we should treat them with maximum contempt because they have earned it. There it is. There it is, right? One of the guys on the inside said, this is what they're doing to us. Randall. Yeah, Coach, uh, it takes me back to my Republican days when I, um, you know, and I supported all these wars and yeah. all these invasions, go yeah. team, go yeah. team. Yeah. And, I, I, and, I, and I've, I've had to come to, to the Lord and confess that uh, the blood is on my hands, really, because had the population not supported all this crap, we wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, and I was part of that. And yeah, amen. I, I am ashamed of that. Amen. Now, uh, I, a couple of you have thrown up here uh, that Tucker was in the CIA. Or what? Okay, okay. Well, I, let me ask you a question. Who do you trust more, Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson? Huh? Who do you trust more? And, and if you think that those people, every one of them, wherever they are, if you think that they got to that position without somebody putting them in that position, you're crazy. Crazy. Do you have any idea how hard it would be to for me to get Salem Radio, a Christian radio? Do you have any idea how hard it would get them to carry this program? Do you think if Salem Radio were to put this on AM radio, that I would develop a following? Hey, Clay, do you think I'd develop a following? Huh? I think I'd develop a following, don't you? Well, well, why won't they let me on there? Because they're gatekeepers, folks. They're gatekeepers. And can Tucker Carlson come to an, uh, my eyes got open. I had a born again experience. My eyes popped open and I saw some things differently. Is Tucker Carlson deceiving us? Maybe, maybe, but I'm going to tell you this. Satan can't cast out Satan. Bible tells us that Satan can't cast cast out Satan. So the thing that you better understand, and we all better understand, is you got to do some deep diving and figure out just who you can trust, what their motives are, why they're in a positions of authority, and what their agenda is. And once you figure that out, you know what my agenda is? You know what my agenda is? I want to advance the kingdom of God. There it is, I told you. That's what I want to do. I got no other agenda. I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to be famous. I, I want to advance the kingdom of God. Now, if I could be famous and advance the kingdom of God, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. But if advancing the kingdom of God requires that I re- remain some little guy sitting in his basement in a, mil- a multi-million dollar studio, I, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. That's all right. Plow, hey, bloom where you're planted. Plow your row, right? God's in control of it. The higher up you go, listen to me. The higher up you go, the more somebody owns you. Come on in, Lauren. Okay, so since this Satan con is going on, this is a question that I have, is going on in Boston. All these deliverance pastors that <laughs> cast out demons and do everything, where are they? Uh, they, ain't, they ain't there probably, huh? huh? Well, it's the, same, it's the same thing, the healing ministers. Why aren't they at the hospital? Right? Why aren't they spending all their time in the hospital? Uh, 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 hey. 
it's a, it's all a racket. Everything's a racket, right? Everything's a racket. Now, the, the reality is, <clears throat> oh well, I, I'm not I'm not even gonna go there. I want to get Randy in there. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah, Coach, I'll be quick. We judge them by their fruit, not their past. Yep, judge them by their fruit. If you judge me by my past, my raising coach, I wouldn't. You, you yep. probably wouldn't hear a thing I said. You'd, you'd I wouldn't going, trust oh, me. You, you was you was That's mentored right. by a bunch of bad people. <laughs> well, right. maybe he was coach, but we got to just judge him. Judge them by their fruit. We, we got to watch our mouth. Coach, watch your mouth. We got to watch. We got to watch it, man. I, hey, Randy, if I judge me by what I used to do, are you kidding me? I'd be cuffed and I'd be in uh, what's that place out there in San Francisco? I'd be in Alcatraz, baby, if they'd judge by stuff I've done and before I got my mind right. Mm, things are not always as they appear. God bless you. See you tomorrow.